Chapter 25 of The Great Sinners of the Bible. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Greg Giordano. The Great Sinners of the Bible by Lewis Albert Banks. The Handwriting on the Wall. Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him. Daniel. 5 6 then was daniel brought in before the king daniel 5:13 the theme we are to study is one that has been used by artist and poet and orator for hundreds of years it is one of those strong and splendid pictures so replete with instruction of such universal application that its teaching is as valuable in one age as in another and find something that echoes back a response in every human breast. I have brought these two scriptures together in this contrast in order to suggest the striking difference that exists between a man who depends for his power on his own inherent personality and a man who is dependent entirely upon the position which he holds or the circumstances which surround him. A few hours before this scene is opened, Belshazzar would have seemed to be by far the most splendid and most important personage in all Babylon. He was king over a rich and powerful nation, which had in Babylon the most magnificent capital in the world. Compared to him, Daniel was small indeed. But a few hours pass by, and a great emergency arrives, which calls not for position or office, but for manhood. And in that hour, Belshazzar shrinks and shrivels, and Daniel looms up large. So it will ever be on the great occasions of life. Office, wealth, fame, these are only the scabbards. Manhood is the sword, which is infinitely more important. A good deal of comment has been made concerning the sword presented recently to Commodore Schley by the people of Philadelphia. The sword cost several thousand dollars, and by far the greater part of this money was spent on the jewels and decorations on the scabbard. This fact has revived a story told of General Winfield Scott many years ago, who had received a beautiful sword from the state of Louisiana, and was asked how it pleased him. It is a very fine sword, indeed, he said, but there is one thing about it I should have preferred different. The inscription should be on the blade, not on the scabbard. The scabbard may be taken from us, the sword never. An eastern editor, reflecting on this incident, brings out very pertinently the great fact that the world spends too much time, money, and energy on the scabbard of life, too little on the sword. The scabbard represents outside show, vanity, and display. The sword, intrinsic worth. The scabbard is ever the semblance. The sword is the reality. The scabbard is the temporal. The sword is the eternal. The scabbard is the body. The sword is the soul. The scabbard represents the material side of life. The sword represents the true, the spiritual, the ideal. Now, Belshazzar had a very much more brilliant scabbard than Daniel. But when it came to the sword of real manhood... The young man from Jewry outclassed him entirely. Belshazzar had the title of king, 
but Daniel was far more like a king, as they stood there facing each other in that time of peril and alarm. Let us keep our story and our sermon together as we go along. We have here the story of that evolution which goes on in the sinful life, just as surely in a bookkeeper, or a trolley car conductor, or a drug clerk, as it does in a king. The first step in most downward careers is the step of dissipation, or wastefulness, of the forces of life. If you will think over most of the men and women you have known who have come to moral disaster, you will find that this is correct. Not always the same kind of dissipation, but a failure to hold oneself keenly responsible to God for the careful and noble use of the talents committed to us. The story we have in hand is like that. Belshazzar, the king of Babylon, went the way of dissipation. We have not seen all the steps that come up to this climax. We see him after he is ripe in wickedness. He has gone the path of the drunkard. He talked the language of those modern silly fools who say, A short life and a merry one, for we will be a long time dead. Dissipation has bred in him, as it does in men and women everywhere, irreverence and recklessness. Ten years before Belshazzar never would have dreamed of the blasphemy and reckless conduct of his hour, which is portrayed to us. But sin must, in the very nature of things, grow more reckless and wicked as the time goes on. So there came a day when Belshazzar determined to make a feast such as Babylon never saw one that should be talked of for many years to come. Alas, he little dreamed how long it would be talked of, and what an immortality of ignominy it would give him. And so, Belshazzar the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords, and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, while as he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels, which his father, Nebuchadnezzar, taken out of the temple which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes, his wives, and his concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem. And the king and his princes, his wives, and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood, and of stone. It was a brilliant scene of revelry and drunkenness. All hearts were full of gaiety. Fears were thrust aside. Reason and conscience were crushed underfoot. And yet judgment waited on that wicked throng. Belshazzar might be rich and powerful, but he could not measure arms with God. In the midst of the revelry, in the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his loins were loosed, and his knees smote one against another. Often it is true that the most reckless man in sin is the greatest coward when his sin overtakes him in judgment. What a pitiful spectacle Belshazzar is, as he stands there staring at the ominous sentence on the wall, with his knees smiting together, his hands trembling, and his teeth chattering like a man with the ague. Where is all his bravado now? 
where is all his blasphemous recklessness it is gone like froth and the bitter dregs at the bottom of the cup remain to be swallowed to the very last pride and recklessness are poor foundations to build on they will not stand when the storm comes when the rain of affliction and death beats upon such a house it falls because it is built upon the sand kings may come and go in babylon but daniel abides for his character is built upon the solid rock how is it with you can you stand the storm or not only the reverent soul living in humble fellowship with god can have composure in the day of reckoning there is something suggestive in the fact that it was not in the first hour of his fright that belshazzar was wise enough to turn to daniel no the astrologers the chaldeans and the soothsayers every humbug of a fortune-teller in babylon all had their turn before he was wise enough to go to the man of god finally the queen sent to him and reminded him of the presence of daniel in the city she said there is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods and in the days of thy father light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods was found in him so daniel was called and it was found that the wisdom which cometh from god still abode in that noble man how many men overtaken by their sin in our own day turn everywhere for relief before they turn to christ and the house of god a man tries to drown his grief in drink or forget his sorrow in cards or lose his restlessness in speculation only to sink himself the deeper in his misery before he turns with humble heart to confess his sin and find forgiveness at the mercy seat it is a very sad note which i am compelled to strike in conclusion that one may go too far on the path of sin and call when it is too late the day of probation had passed for belshazzar judgment had overtaken him the handwriting on the wall was not a warning it was a sentence the warning had been coming again and again but he would not heed it daniel said to him o thou king the most high god gave nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor and for the majesty that he gave him all people nations and languages trembled and feared before him whom he would he slew and whom he would he kept alive and whom he would he set up and whom he would he put down but when his heart was lifted up and his mind hardened in pride he was deposed from his kingly throne and they took his glory from him and he was driven from the sons of men and his heart was made like the beasts and his dwelling was with the wild asses they fed him with grass like oxen and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till he knew that the most high god ruled in the kingdom of men and that he appointeth over it whomsoever he will and thou his son o belshazzar hast not humbled thine heart though thou knewest all this but hast lifted up thyself against the lord of heaven and they have brought the vessels of his house before thee and thou and thy lords thy wives and thy concubines have drunk wine in them and thou hast praised the gods of silver and gold of brass iron wood and stone which see not nor hear nor know 
and the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways, hast thou not glorified. Then was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written, God hath numbered thy kingdom, and finished it. Thou art weighed in the balances, and art found wanting. Thy kingdom is divided, and given to the Medes and Persians, and that night Belshazzar was slain. I bring the solemn message to you tonight, glad in my heart to know that you who hear me are still in the day of probation and warning, that if you will, you may hearken unto God, and by turning from your sins to Christ, may find forgiveness and eternal life. Hear his message tonight, and be saved. End of chapter 25 Read by Greg Giordano Newport Ritchie, Florida